Amen, amen. Good morning. Good morning. Woo, it's been a long time. We have a couple of quick, um, also, um, in that area of announcements to make. We, we got some changes. Um, Melissa, who was just here, our, our uh, children's pastor, as you know her, um, I just got to say a little something about her. She's been doing that for over 13 years. The first um, children's church was in the basement of my apartment, my house. And it was with Caleb, who was, he said he's been here most of his life. He's been here all of his life. <laughs> and um, she has put in, and, and it has been such a good example because I, I want you to understand, sometimes we do the thing not because God has called us to do it, but because there's a need. And sometimes in answering that need and in responding, you know, in responding, responding, that's a good word. In responding to that need, you find an entire area of gifting that God has and that God uses. Amen? And that's what has happened with, with us and we've been blessed to have it. And now um, we, God, is, God is doing so many things and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. But... Um, God is putting things in, in different order, arranging things, preparing things. And so um, our children's pastor, Pastor uh, Melissa, will now be our administrative pastor. Amen? She's stepping into an area of gifting and, again, an area of need. And it's really, gonna, it's really already like changing the game here. And it's been amazing, and I'm grateful to her. And, um, of course, she would never leave this program because this is her baby and she loves it. And she would never leave this program if she didn't trust absolutely that somebody would love it as much as she did. And so I want you to, you probably already know, but I want you to welcome Jillian, our, our children's director. Oh, she's probably not here because she has to, yeah, yeah. She's working, duh. She's not here. But she's our new children's director. Um, as you heard from, from Caleb, um, youth is also changing. And, and man, if, if children's ministry is hard, youth, wow. I'm not looking at any kids in particular, but I'm just saying youth is difficult. It is a tough, it takes an army Right, and so I thank those that 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 tag in, man, and give it their all and work through it and build the relationships that you heard about today. That's a beautiful thing. And um, starting now in uh, this coming week, Josh will be heading up our youth ministry with a team, an army, Elvis and Carol and James and whole army that's coming together and, and a lot of his own blood coming together to lay it down. Amen. I got you, Mariah. I got you. Coming to really um, to tackle this thing and to really make it, make it uh, amazing. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Amen? Amen? Is that all the announcements? Yes, we're good? Let's get started. Amen. Father, may your presence break hearts and heal broken ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's the quote 
that I want to start out with. I'm a little rusty, so you got to give me a little grace to, to get back into the swing. Amen? Um, the quote is this, expectancy is the atmosphere for miracles. Expectancy is the atmosphere of miracles. I want to give a, a really special thanks to all of the ministers that held it down these weeks during my little summer break. Yeah, let's... I want you to know I take, I take this break every summer now um, for, for, you know, usually the month of August, sometimes a little, a little extra, if God willing, because I want to give my wife and my kids and my family some uninterrupted time where I don't have to pull away, where I don't have to say no, man, not, where I don't have to, to, to keep um, stopping our time together because I have to prepare and because I have to be ready and because I have to study and read, right? And so it's nice to, to, to let the, the, the pressure of the pulpit off for a little bit and just rest. And so I just want to thank you guys for allowing that and thank this incredible team that show up on Sunday and, and, and um, take care of that for me. And they've done an amazing job. It's nice to show up on Sunday and trust that someone else has done the work to hear from God on behalf of the church. Amen? Amen. And so I count myself blessed. They have really blessed us and they've even, here's how I feel. They've brought us to a, a season of expectancy. Have you been hearing that throughout the last couple of weeks? If you've been here, they brought us into a season of expectancy. I didn't give them a theme to work with, and yet every message built upon the previous message, all pointing and pushing toward receiving a harvest. Amen? Walking, uh, uh, to not use Christian talk, you know, harvest is walking in a blessing that God has for us. So they've been preparing us to be the, the blessings that God has called us to be. Amen? Here's the problem, though. Too often we expect big things from God without preparing for big things. Yeah, you can say, uh-oh, he's back. We expect big things from God without preparing. So what I want to do today is I want to prepare you for big things. Amen? Is that good? If you, if you put all those messages together as I did, they say this. Don't quit. Hold on. You'll get through. Things are changing. Something is happening. A harvest is coming. Get ready for it. It's here. Receive it. It may not look like what you thought it would look like, but it's time to shine where you are. Amen? That's the cliff note to the last five or six messages. Amen. I watched a video the other day. I got caught, you know, when you just get caught on stupid videos and they keep going and going and going. And it was a video of a young man in a campground and there was a small tornado. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's kind of gone viral. There was a small tornado going through the campground. And, and he's filming it. And it has about 20, 30 tents already up in the air. And so the tents are, are, are spinning slowly. It's a slow-building tornado. And he's filming it. 
<coughs> and I'm thinking, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> I'm thinking, you should be running. You should be on the other side of town by now, going the opposite way wherever that thing is going. But he's following it, and it's picking up more and more tents, and it's picking up, uh, uh, the, like the, they have these lunch shelters, and it's picking those up, and it's spinning, and it's tent after tent. They're in the air, and they're spinning, and, and he's filming it, and, and, and he's getting all caught. And I, I, I understand the desire and the exi- excitement to to want to be caught up in there, but but... I, I was just thinking, like, you should run. You should not be there. And yet, if we look around today and if we discern the times, that's kind of exactly where we are spiritually this morning. Bear, bear with me a minute. There's winds blowing. Places where we used to be comfortable in are getting swept up. Hmm. Things that we used to trust in are getting pulled up. The way that we're used to doing things are getting, those ways are getting taken out. Are are, are you following me? Those things that have always divided us are getting pulled up. And so I understand the desire and the excitement to want to get caught up in it. I'm in the middle watching this, and I want to take out my phone and start to record some of it. Because I'm excited to see what God is doing. And all of this seems to be leading back to National Back to Church Day. And this is not like the first time we've done this. This is not, it's a national day where, where um, thousands of churches maybe more, um, are just calling people back to church, calling people back to God, calling people back to, to, to faith. Amen? Amen? And I feel like the Spirit of God is not only <coughs> calling those that have been away back to church, but it's calling us, even those of us that come every Sunday, to go deeper. Calling us to, to, to not just show up on Sunday. Calling us to, to get in. It, it's ripping things out. There's a tornado going through. And it's, and it's uplifting and uprooting. And it's calling us to dig deep. Okay, maybe this wasn't for here. I don't know. It's, called, it's like God has been rearranging church. And putting things in, in a different order or an order that, that, that they'll need to be for this new season. How many of you really believe there's a new season coming? Even in the natural, watch this, because I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make you believe it, because I'm going I'm to show you. Even in the natural, there's, there's also been a preparation taking place. How many, and I don't believe it's a coincidence, how many of you noticed some changes around here this year? We did a facelift to the whole front of the building this year. And fresh paint and awnings and a 27-foot sign that declares that this is a sanctuary. Understand, I'm not talking about the building. We don't care about buildings, but, but there's something spiritual happening here. Aside from the awning, we have never put a, bill, a sign up on our building. But in this season, God has had us. It just worked 
out. I just met the guy. The guy did this. The guy said, we should do this. We should do this. I said, that sounds good. This. I had some quotes. All of a sudden, this became the best deal. And all of a sudden, yeah, let's get a 27-foot sign up on the, on the church. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's paint it black. I like it. Let's do it. It looks cool. But aside from the awning, we've never put a sign on the building. We, we added this sign declaring that this place is a sanctuary in the middle of a raciously and, and religiously divided community. Historically, the church has always stood as a sanctuary or a safe place for those in need. If you see it in the, in the older movies, right, the, the sanctuary is always the place where people could run to and be safe, right? How many of you, right, in the, in the older movies and in, 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 in history, historically, that's people, the sanctuary was always a neutral place where people could run to and find rest and find safety from enemies, from law enforcement, from persecution, from bad guys, from from vampires, from drag, from, from the cuckoo, from, from monsters, right? The sanctuary was always the safe place where you can run to and be safe. I was playing an old video game the other day, and, and the video game told me that if your character needs to find rest and build up his health, find a sanctuary and you'll be restored. And that's... Whoa. So now there's a sign now in between two mosques that lets people know there's a sanctuary here. That's more than a natural thing. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and listen, I wish that I could take credit. I wish that I can tell you I've been planning this all along. I've been strategizing and hearing from God. And this was me, your gifted and highly organized pastor. But... It just happened, it, like it's, it happened on its own. All of this started, all of these weird things. I wanted to call this message Stranger Things. Because all of these things are just happening on their own. Thing. All of this stuff is just working itself out on its own. Be without planning, all of these things started to come together as if they were being orchestrated by some higher power. Come on. <laughs> Not just the outside, all of these pieces at once. We were able to, listen, we were able to equip every classroom that the kids just went into. Every classroom has a big screen in it. You know how? How? I was doing a renovation at, my, at the, one of the executive's houses, and he's renovating the whole place. And, and the, 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 the AV guy and myself, I tell him, listen, all of these are HD screens. You don't have to change any of these screens. We can keep the screens and let's just update all the other stuff. He said, I want everything changed. I said, okay, so can I have all those screens for my children's program? He said, sure. I called Eric. I said, Eric, rent a car. Get down to the city now. <laughs> he, come, he came in the smallest car. To pick up 55-inch screens, the tiniest car. Anyway, we got them in there. We got them here. They're mounted. Amen? We added heat and air conditioning units next door to every room so every room can be used no matter what. 
We created a full-blown nursery that will be open next week. And, and these past two weeks, we've even fully renovated all of our bathrooms here in the sanctuary, which were pretty outdated and starting to fail because I built them back when we first got here and I was just learning. <laughs> and all of this just came about. We didn't plan this. What I, what, what I want you to see, the stranger things going on, what, uh, it just came. Somebody called me and said, listen, I just, I, I, I left this job. I, I'm free now. If you need me to do this now, I can do this now, this project, just in time to get it all done before back to church Sunday. I said, I, can't, I have to have all the bathrooms working before, but by that day, and they should be pretty. They should be nice. We know church is not a building, but we want to trust, be, take care of what God's entrusted us with. Amen. And do it in excellence. And so, and so the person said, you know, I'm able, I'm free now, and we can do this. And so all these things just came together. We didn't, we didn't have to push. We didn't have, uh, it was just through, through, through connections. And, and we did this because someone gave that, and we changed that because someone did this. And then the bathroom project was going to cost over 12 grand. How many of you redone a bathroom? Three, how about three? Right? It was going to cost over 12 grand. But guess what? Two weeks before, I get a check for 18 All of these changes and upgrades, have you ever heard us once crying during offering? Have you, if you, those of you that have been here for a while, have you heard us crying? Oh my God, you got to give, you got to give. And doing a 20-minute call on the offering and, and have everybody stand and have everybody put your hand on your pocket and bless the $20 in here. If you don't have it, borrow $20 and give it. No, no, we don't play that nonsense, right? You never heard that here, amen? Anybody that's been here from the beginning, you never heard that. You know why? Because what God orders, He pays for. When, 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 I love this. When God drives, He pays the tolls. I'm not knocking nobody else for building programs and all that. Hey, you, you do you. I, I, always, I always had a thing with God. I said, God, I'm not going to beg and borrow. I'm going to believe. And, and you, whatever. Right? Amen? Uh, Side note and, and little teaching moment, when God puts something on your heart to give, to pay, to cover for someone, step out and do it. Because it means that God is doing something and he's calling you to partner with him. He's already put the plan in your hand, now he's letting you play your part. And that's what I'm calling everybody to do today, to play your part. And that's not like some TV preacher nonsense. If you want a $100 miracle, sow your $100 seed. You want a $1,000 miracle, sow a $1,000 seed. How much seed money do you got to get, to get your miracle? That's, that's nonsense. That's twisting of scripture to twist faithful Christians. This is what I've seen in my life. 13 years here. Another 12, 13 years as a youth pastor. This is what I've seen in, in my career, in my life as ministry. When God puts something, when uh, it, it's, it's always been private and personal. That kind of area with God. At least the way I've seen it. Example, if he wants to bless someone in the body with $1,000, he probably entrusts three people in here with an extra thousand. And then he puts it on their heart. 
to bless that person with $1,000. And if all three are listening and are sensitive and obedient, then God's son or daughter gets three times the blessing that they needed. Because God is a God of more than enough. Because $1,000 doesn't hurt God's pocket. You understand? He's got the platinum America. His is gold. His is like solid, his card, you know? There's no limit on his joint. You, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then if, if <clears throat> the thing is, this is why God's love is so reckless. He gambles on us. So that if at least out of the three, hopefully one will hear the call of God and bless the son or the daughter with a $1,000 gift that they needed and God met their gift through you. Come on. See, God moves through us. Too often we want God to move for us, but we won't let God move through us. Okay? Don't get your jeans tight. We're not, I'm not preparing you for an offering. I, I don't, we don't need any money. Relax. We don't need. What we need, God knows and God already put it on your heart to do it, so do it. Or don't. I know God's going to pay for it anyway. Amen? The $18,000 check that paid for our bathrooms, that person don't even come to this church. So that makes me think, should that money have come out of here, but nobody gave it? And so God used somebody from another church to give it? I, I'm not saying that's what it is, but that makes me think. But it, it, it reassures me that God's going to pay what he orders anyway. Amen? I want us to be ready. I keep hearing all this talk about harvest, and I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the new season. I'm feeling something, and I'm seeing how God is doing something, and I'm seeing how he's setting things up and putting things in order positionally and, and relationally and, and, and even in the natural. And, and so my job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Amen? I want us to be ready to receive what God has for us. I don't, I don't think God would allow us to put a sign on the building that said bakery unless we had good ovens and people committed to baking bread. In today's consumer Christianity, people come and go from church to church. They're looking to be comfortable. What people want is for everyone around them to play their part, but they're not ready to play theirs. Excuse me if I have to step on some toes today. And, and excuse me that this might not be the normal message. You know, I, I like to go through the Word. I like to expose, uh, um, ex expose the Word. And I like to go through the Scriptures and unfold what God is saying through His Word to us. But sometimes we need to talk about things. And I just felt like I needed, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do some housekeeping when I come back. Amen? And so next week, listen, next week I promise I'll, I'll go through a series of one of the books of the Bible, man. We'll get in it. We'll chew it up. We'll tear it up. I love it when our company's here. Today I want to talk to family. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get talked badly about this for this, but, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a time to read and go through the Word, and then there's a time to just do what it says. There's a time to play your part. Amen? 
I'm not saying don't, don't, you can twist that apart. You can cut this video and chop it. And you say, there's a time to read the word and, and make me sound like some kind of, you, you know my heart. You know what I'm saying. You can come and hear the word week after week after week after week after week after week. I only missed once because it was my birthday or whatever. I, I didn't miss a child. But you're not doing anything, so who cares? How effective is that? Right? Take when you take. Man, if you, if you came one week, heard one message, and went out and changed the world around you, and then came back next month, to get another one and chewed it up and then changed your job and then came back and took another one, you're doing more than everybody that's here 24 hours a day. And that's what God wants for us. Amen? Amen. That we would play our part. God doesn't care if we fill the chairs or not. If we're not playing our part. I'm sorry, I'm not angry. Those of you that are visiting for the first time, (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm not angry. <laughs> I love I love the word. I love God's people. I love the church. And I'm not mad. <clears throat> and if you've been here for even a short while, you know, man, we, we get in the word. Amen. We 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 eat we 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 eat the scriptures like Puerto Ricans eat chicken. Just you know, we leave nothing on that thing. We down to the marrow. Just I can't eat like that, but you know, I sit with people I go. I'll buy you another piece, bro. <laughs> Leave that bone alone already, bro. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry. I digress. But if you've been here for a short while, you know we've gone through entire portions of Scripture, man. That's our heart. We, we followed the last thing we did recently. We followed God's people through the entire Old Testament. End of the year, all the way to Easter, we followed God's people through the entire Old Testament. That was God, season one. If you missed that and you really want to understand the Old Testament and get a good grasp of the Old Testament, go back to our website and just kind of listen through those, man. It, it was, it was, I think it was good, amen? amen. And so from, from Easter on until I went on the break, we were doing God season two. And, and that meant we were just following God's people through the New Testament. And we discovered in the New Testament scriptures that no matter who we are, this was revolutionary. We went through the book of Ephesians. We went through um, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done or where we come from, and, and, and God's plans and his promises and his faithfulness, we're included. Somebody need to hear that today. You're included. With God's plans, with His faithfulness, with His promises, you're included. And no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what background you have, no matter what you've done, you belong. You belong. Amen? That's why you see the black shirts all around. We put that on a t-shirt because we need it. I wanted you to see it a lot. And when you give people free t-shirts, they wear them a lot. So you belong. You'll see that on a lot of our t-shirts because I... I, I that's that's the heart. I want you to really know that's the heart of God. That's the heart of this church. Amen? And so we left off after the resurrection. We were following people through through, uh, uh, the New Testament. We left off after the resurrection. Book of Acts. The believers are given the promise of God, the Holy Spirit, and everything changes. And the church is born. And now there are no more temples or tabernacles or meeting places for God because we, His believers, the followers of God, have become the house of God. Right? There's a changing. We've become the house of God. No longer is a building a sanctuary. You're a sanctuary. How many of you have crazy people at work that come to you all the time and just want to just dump their life on you? 
Why? Maybe because you're a sanctuary. That might annoy you, and you might be, have complained about it every, your whole life until today. Today is going to stop because now you just got a, a, a paradigm shift. Why are they coming to me? I don't care. I got my own problems too. I got issues too. My kid's wilding out too. My husband's a knucklehead as well. My wife don't listen either. Why are they coming? Maybe because the Spirit of God is in you and you're a sanctuary. And that's what we're called to be. So that everywhere we go, there's a sanctuary. I mean, does that make you walk different? It makes me, when I think about it, I just got to walk different. I'm a, everywhere I go, I'm a sanctuary. People come and worship God at me. Don't get it twisted. Don't worship me. They worship God at me because the Spirit of God is in me. So the presence of God is with me. So wherever I am, they can worship God. Wow. Wow. Somebody not going to understand me and they say, that guy's a cult. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. The only reason I'm the pastor of this church is because God said I'll use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I qualified. (laughs) Fully qualified, this guy right here. That's my qualification, amen? And so the, the beautiful and the terrifying part of that is that the work of the ministry is no longer in the hands of the elect few. But the community of believers become the church of God, the sanctuary, the safe place where people can be able to come to and be safe, escape from their enemies, break off chains of persecution, and restore their health. But since those times, the church has been anything but that. Can we say amen to that on a bad note? But can I tell you, fam, that's no excuse and that doesn't let us off the hook. I'm telling our family today, we are responsible for what we know to do and don't do. Nobody wants to hear about judgment, but we'll be judged for what we do and don't do. I believe God is doing a new thing even today. In the Old Testament, he spoke through the prophets just like he's speaking to us today. And, and even in the, in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah, God used the prophet Isaiah to speak to God's, to his people at that time. And, and this is what he told him in, in Isaiah 43, 18. He says, forget the former things. Listen, this is a word from one of you today. Listen, for, for six of you today. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me and jackals and the owls because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people. God's saying, I'd make anything happen so that my people get what they need. Wow. Streams in the wasteland. Water in the wilderness to give drink to my people, my chosen, (coughs) the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Listen, I believe the church needs to hear this call again. Forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. Do you not see it? 
I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm providing water in the wasteland. He goes on in that passage um, because the body didn't hear and doesn't listen and they didn't play their part. They were handed over for destruction. So, so those of you that were Bible scholars and you're like, oh, he's using that text out of context. No, he went on to tell them, because you don't listen, you'll be handed over for destruction. But I, destruction is never the heart of God. Are you with me today? But sometimes he has to break you before he can use you. And, and man, I, I believe he's been telling us through all these voices... I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. I want to give drink to my people that they may proclaim my praise. Amen. Here's, here's a picture that God gave me. It's a modern day parable. The New Testament church is like a multi-piece puzzle. Y'all are so confused right now. Told you, this is getting cultish. Here it is. He's coming up with his own parables. The New Testament church is like a multi-piece puzzle. Ephesians 2.10, let me give you a little scripture on it. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Works which God prepared in advance as our way of life. I love that. The good works that God prepared, he prepared in advance for you, for me, to be our way of life. God's good works is our way of life. Another version says, uh, prepared in advance for you to walk in. So Paul tells us in Ephesians, in Corinthians, in Romans, that to each of us has been appointed a measure of faith and certain gifts. Amen? Those of you who know scripture, right? We don't all get the same measure. We don't all get the same gifts. Why? Because like this puzzle, every piece is different. Oh, come on. Every piece has a different shape. Every piece, a different picture Come on, I want revelation to fall on you right now. Every piece has a different shape. Every piece has a different picture. Every piece plays a different part. Only when every piece is in its place can we see the beauty of the the church. You can have, how many, has ever, have anybody here ever done puzzles? All right, good, six of you, that's good. <coughs> Some of you are not smart enough, I guess, I, I don't know. What? You can have 997 pieces all in their place. And how many of you know that's still a problem? Even like an angry problem, he got mad. So. 
That's going in the garbage. You can have 98% of the pieces in the right place and all someone would notice would be the missing pieces. That's the way the world sees the church today. The world looks at us. All I see is hypocrites. All I see is the ones that fell. All I see is that this one slept with that one. All I see is that this one stole money. All I, they're seeing the 3%, not the 97 told you I'm not the organized one. See, I'm proving it to you. I went to summer school for math. They don't see everything else that's in order, everything else. They see the parts that are not functioning, the parts that are missing. Most people, <coughs> if there are one or two pieces missing of the puzzle, you'll throw it away, you'll disregard it completely. Amen? How many would hang up like a, a whole puzzle with three missing pieces? When Jesus told the apostles and his followers, they'll know us, the church, they'll know who we are by our love for one another. He was saying that when the body of Christ, when the church comes together and people play their part, it's a beautiful picture for the world to see and then they'll believe that you sent me and that you're in me and that I'm in them. So, so this proves to the world that Jesus came. What? What? It's all right. A complete pit, a church working with everybody playing their part proves to the world that Jesus is Lord. Proves that he's in us, that God is in him, that God sent him, that we follow him, that he's in us, that we are in him. Amen? Amen. He was saying when, when the body of Christ, it, it, family, I want us to be ready to play the part that God has called us to play. And he's, he's put a picture on each one of us. This is such a, it's so crazy this. Some of us are bigger. Some of us are smaller. <laughs> don't, don't get offended. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not judging anything by that. I want the ushers to come and just, I want everybody to get a piece. I'm going to ruin this puzzle by just giving everybody one piece. Just grab a handful and just start. See, what, what the Word says, what God did in Ephesians, He did this. I'll do it to the men because they won't get offended. What God did in Ephesians, He says, before, before you believed, I just threw out all my gifts to them. I threw them all out for now so that now you can find your place and find your connection. You don't have to pick those up. It's good. If you've ever done, listen, if you've ever done one of these big puzzles, you know that at certain points, you're looking for that one piece. Are you with me? 
you, you got this whole, you got like the whole sun done, right? And you're looking for that one piece and you know it's got a little bit of cloud, it's got a little bit of blue, and it's got a little bit of yellow. And, and so you're looking for that and it's silly. You're looking through this whole box for that one piece, a little bit of blue, a little bit of yellow, a little bit of sky, and, and, and I came in and you're sky, and you'll spend three, four hours. Anybody? <coughs> Can I tell you something? That's how I want you to approach next week. Woo, listen, listen. That's how I want you to approach next week. Let's go look for the missing pieces. Can we go look for the missing pieces? As we hand those out, worship team, you guys can come. The theme this year for the National Back to Church Day is together. It's together we find peace. Together we experience love. Together we grow stronger. Together we can change the world. And when I was hearing all these words and then all the words that the, the ministers have been sharing, all these prophetic voices speaking out last week and, and dreams that people have been having us and telling us about, and all these dreams and prophetic words are all lining together, I'm, I'm seeing man, there's, a, an ex, there's an expectancy that's building and something is happening and something is changing and something is taking place. Amen? And, and listen, as your pastor, I know that I can't control it. I don't want to manipulate it. I just want to recognize it, and I want to recognize that God is doing something beautiful in these last days. And, and I want us to, to acknowledge our part in it. Amen? So real quick, four things. How do you play your part? Because you were asking. I heard somebody ask, so I'm going to give it to you. How do you play your part? Number one, repent. Man, that's not a popular message today. People want to go to churches and hear, God loves you, you're so special, you're so amazing. What did Jesus preach everywhere he went? Repent and be baptized. Repent and turn. Turn from your way, follow me, Jesus says. He went up to people that were doing their thing and he said, listen, you, you, and you, follow me. And he did, but he, he didn't. Worship begins in holy expectancy, but it ends in holy obedience. So, number one, repent. Be baptized. We got a baptism service coming up in a couple of weeks. If you haven't gotten baptized, it's time to get in the water. Amen? Amen. Number two, put yourself in the place. How do you play your part? Repent. Two, Put yourself in the place to hear from God. Man, that's life-changing. Put yourself in the place to hear. If, if your relationship with God is boring, you're doing it wrong. Listen, listen, if you want to check yourself, if you have never had to give something away that you didn't want to give away, if you didn't never have to to, to, to buy something for someone, to cover something for someone that you didn't think you were prepared to cover, there's a good chance you haven't given that area over to God.
If you've ever done a puzzle with a kid, a kid will try to make a piece fit where it doesn't belong. And insist that that's where it goes. That's okay for a kid, but for an adult, that's immaturity. Find where you fit. Not where you want to fit. So will it. Listen, we say this at the end of every service. We all want to be blessed, but we're not always willing to be a blessing. I'm not going to brag about what I've given because I'd be bragging about me. I'm going to brag about what God has done. And so I'll tell you all the things that I have received in my life as a Christian from the beginning I've had people give me money lots of money anybody in here where God God has used somebody to just give you money I've had people give me cars a lot of cars more cars than probably anybody in here how many of you had somebody just give them a car amen Amen. I've had many, my wife pray for a minivan. Somebody gave us a minivan when we needed, when we couldn't afford it and we needed to raise our kids and get them back and forth to school. She said, I want a minivan. I want a nice, they gave her a nice one. We didn't have any money. I, I've had people give me dinners, groceries, Christmas trees, gifts, clothes, furniture, jewelry, fully paid vacations. Anybody? fully paid vacation. This is when we didn't have nothing. We didn't have two nickels to rub together. We were <coughs> buying uh, diapers and Similac on credit cards. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Diap- you know, diapers and Similac. We used to buy my Toys R Us there on, on uh, Castle, whatever, Castle Hill. On credit. That was, I racked up $10,000 in debt that it took me about 10, 20 years to pay off. And I knew I'm still paying for diapers and Similac and these kids are 20. Put yourself in a place to hear from God and then do what he says. A, A little tip. Don't tell God how to talk to you. That will limit you. And God is not your genie. So he doesn't have to do what you want him to do. Say, God, if you love me, pick this box back up. Who are you? Right? So don't tell God how to talk to you. Just ask him to speak to you. And put yourself in a place to hear. You, a little side note on that. You can't hear God when you're listening to somebody else. So, I don't know if I'm touching on your music or if I'm stepping on your toes, but if you're listening to somebody else, you're not going to hear God talk. Put yourself in a place to hear from God. Repent and be baptized. Scripture, worship, church, fellowship. Don't tell God how to speak to you. Just ask Him to speak. Number three, commit to something. Most of the times that God has spoken to me about big moves was after I allowed him to use me in little ones. What I've seen is God likes to steer moving cars. 
So don't sit parked and saying, God, move me. Show me the ministry that I'm going to run. Show me the past, the, the, the church that I'm going to preach in. Come on, man. Sign up for the cleaning ministry and then let God speak to you in that. As you become part of the church, as you start owning something, then, then you get in the box. And then once you're in the box, you're in the place for God to put you in your... Oh, man. You understand? If you're not in the box, you're not even doing, doing anything. You're not committed to anything. You, if, if you, you're visiting uh, sanctuary this week and this church ne next week and, and this church that time and then this conference and then, oh, I'm back at sanctuary. There's nobody going to find you and put you in place here because you're, you're not even in this box. So commit to something. Repent. Put yourself in a place to hear from God. And lastly, tell somebody. Testify. Be a witness. God's people in the New Testament, they were given the mandate, go and make disciples, go and tell the good news. You have been reconciled and have been made ministers of reconciliation. I've never met so many ministers that don't talk or don't minister. There's your mandate. Take your peace and let it remind you that you're a minister of reconciliation. What, <coughs> what you have received, God has equipped you to give. Wow. This just feels right. So take these pieces and let it remind you this week that we're looking for the one that has a little bit of sun and a little bit of sky and a little bit of orange. And find them this week. And bring them with you next week. Amen. We got more chairs. Look, they're stacked up. We got empty chairs. We'll make room. Amen. We'll make extra coffee. We'll make room. But find those missing pieces this week. And bring them with you next week. And listen, if you're here today and you're the piece that's been missing, welcome home. Can we just stand and worship? Amen. Amen. And may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, with the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with all that is good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen and amen.